Welcome to questions from Discord. This is the second one that we've done. And we're going to have a little discourse about Discord. So for those of you who have not joined already, please let me know. More than happy to invite you in. And every time I log into the Discord, I see someone's kind of snuck in there. Everyone said hello. And they either take their time to research things. So they're kind of checking out all the channels. We've got things like well, everything from how you write songs, resources, conversation pieces. We've even got a little place for production ideas and thoughts, which Tiki takes care of. And also, we have something called the water cooler, which is an awesome idea um, that Ryan Kelly came up with, whereby people just check in while they're writing. That classic kind of office thing, like, oh, hey, how are you doing? What are you up to? People just check in, like, oh, I'm writing right now. What are you doing? How's it going? Can we talk? And I'm, I'm really enjoying seeing these things grow slowly and slowly. So these are questions from the Discord. And if you want to be involved in our funny little family then just let me know um you can shoot me a private message or you can send me an email or just comment on one of our posts and you can join us too so we have five questions today we might kind of branch into some other ones because we're getting loads and loads of really beautiful ones i appreciate that but i want to make sure that i'm outlining things properly helpfully and practically because this is still a show where we're going to try and give you things to do instantly and it's a morning this is my absolute privilege to wake up and be able to just do this. Get to talk to people who are passionate about songwriting for my job and then work with some of them for my job. This is beautiful. So I've got five questions and you may well hear me this morning coughing, which I'm not going to edit out because life happens. And in a very English fashion, despite me being in France, I have here a tea of Schrodinger's cat heat. So we don't know how hot it is yet. I'm going to test it at certain points and that might be awkward for you. It will not be awkward for me. So, there you go as promised the first cough question one this one is quite a thick topic so i may not be able to get into everything that comes to mind but i will be doing justice to this question so the first one is how do new singers go about recording vocals and making them sound great i want to use that word again it is a great question because it's actually such a difficult one it makes me think of so many things but i'm going to start with some of the basics And the idea for me, I think, just to start with, is you're not supposed to be singing for it to be perfect. The idea of singing is not to be perfect. And think about this, because we spend so much of our lives, especially those of us who are involved in music, interested in music and songwriting, hearing these perfect vocals from singers who've been singing since they were five, you know, with these incredible vocal chains. A vocal chain is simply just a set of plugins you apply afterwards to to affect the way your vocals sound. If you've not heard that before, that's what that is. We hear these incredible singers our whole lives, and then we think, oh God, even me singing in the shower, anything organic, even my best effort acoustically just doesn't match up. And I just want to kind of stomp on that for a second because I spent my whole life, I have spent my whole life singing, and I spend my life singing, whether it's hum, you're kind of humming in the shower or doing so at events or, or weddings or shows. And it's not something I've done for a while, but I often because I'm a singer and have been for my whole life. My point is, when people meet me, they go, oh, you're a singer. I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I've done that for a long time. I also do songwriting, other things like that. They go, oh, either can you sing for me? Which is like, nah. But most of the time is people say, oh, I'm really bad at singing. I was like, well, who told you that? Who told you you're bad at singing? And what does bad at singing mean? Well, first of all, how much time have you spent doing it? Have you spent your whole life doing it from a passion point of view like I have? I didn't do it to get good at singing. I did it because singing was the only thing that kind of made sense and alleviated that pressure uh, in terms of the breath and the anxiety I had and also allowed me to articulate things. I just, I just, I was lit up by music. So that was this really passionate thing, right? So someone comes to me and says, I'm bad at singing. 
And this question is like, how do new singers, right? So I'm not saying you're bad at singing, but I just want to address this because it's a mindset thing. You don't need to be perfect. But I say to people, can you sing in the shower? Like, yes, amazing. Then you're singing. It's the same idea as if you want to be a runner, run. If you want to be a writer, write. If you want to be a singer, sing. Of course, there's a question of quality, right? And, and how to go about best practice as we've gone into loads in the show. But I just want to put it out there. If you are singing, you're a singer, right? If you're a new singer, that means you've taken up recently. Amazing. Do not feel like you need to be compared to the best. By all means, if you want to improve, yeah, sure. Your vocal coach will probably show you great examples, things to try. But it does not mean you need to be perfect. It doesn't mean you need to sound like the people you're aspiring to kind of get these songs to. And this was asked in the context of like, I'm recording a demo either for myself or another artist. In any way, it's a kind of demonstrative, a demo. It's demonstrative. That's the whole point. If you are singing and it's not perfect, that's okay. This is a demo, right? Making them sound great is something I'll, ask, I'll answer in a minute. But how do singers go about recording vocals? Again, just to finish that point on quality. I've never said to anyone, oh, you're a bad singer in my life. I've thought it. I might have whispered it to a friend while we're listening to someone because there are times when it's challenging to, to listen to singers. That's just the way it goes. But to say that someone is bad to their face is, is, is terrible, not because of the, the kind of manners, but just it then might stop them singing in private. That's the point I want to get across when people are like, oh, you're a singer. I'm like, yeah, but you sing as well, right? Do you enjoy it? They're like, yes. Does it make you feel better? Yes. Do you do it in groups and in public? Well, no, but you do it in private. Yes. Then you're winning. You are winning. I think people that can sing or write music or write songs in private and get stuff out of it and no one ever hears it. No one ever comments on it. No one ever makes you feel small for not being at a certain level. Those people are winning. So it goes exactly the same for singers, especially... If you're trying to go from singing in private to singing in public, you need to be able to understand that the goal is to sing. Then sure, you're going to be able to use it for different things. You're going to put it through onto these demos, which we'll talk about in just a second. But, breath, it's okay. does not need to be perfect. And I would, I'd be really upset if people were listening to this and felt like you had to be perfect singers to be great songwriters. That is not the way it goes. And it's definitely not been the history. That may be the way it seems, but I'll hopefully dig up different kind of examples not just today because i can't promise all of that today but as we go forward as to kind of like people that are not great singers writing incredible songs oh leonard cohen there we go right is that about the quality of his vocals no it's not at all the quality of his song incredible there are loads of these um so let's look at it Something that came out, which is cool, which is inspired by Scott Rustin, who you've heard endlessly on Emily's help desk, and he's an incredibly stalwart member, not only of the show, but of the Discord, and he's just everything that we've kind of done, he's dived in, along with a load of other people, right? But this is particularly Scott. He's just dived in, and he told me about this thing called BandLab, where essentially you get your iPhone demo. Again, you're singing in private. You're new to singing. You get your iPhone demo, record your song, whether it's guitar or vocals. Often Scott was doing it kind of in his spare time because his dad is a teacher, He's incredibly passionate about songwriting. I think he's got to be up there for me. Most passionate people. He just record in like in a room, in that kind of split moment that he has, and then he takes it to something called Band Lab. So you can check out Band Lab. Go on their website. You'll see what they do. But it's this really cool way that you just focus on recording vocals, recording a song, writing a song. It's not expressly recording vocals, but Band Lab will put the song around you. So if you're a brand new singer and you're like, okay, I'm a new singer, I want to record vocals, but I need a song. It's like ah. Oh, 
We can either pay a producer, you can either collaborate with a producer, or you can just go on BandLab and they can create a song around you. Again, it can be kind of rudimental in the starts, but just to get you going. The idea again, why are we trying to record vocals and why do we want them to sound great? Well, you're either releasing them as an artist. There are things that can be done if you think about what a producer can bring. And again, this is more about how you practically approach vocals. I'll be talking about that in a moment, but producers can help you with that. This is a demonstrative demo you're going to give to a producer. They can help you with your vocals. They can make them sound better. They can affect your vocals right after the fact, but you want to be great, really good at putting them in. I'll talk about that in a moment. But those are your options as well, like BandLab, um, going to great producers. They can articulate the ideas. Um, we're going to talk at the end about kind of vocal production, quote unquote, because going to producer, they're going to do the vocal production for you. Going to BandLab, they're going to do it for you, right? But I'm going to now talk about and answer the question as if it needed to take that long. But there are a few things I wanted to just iron out because I'm quite passionate about people being able to sing without any blinkers on, without any judgment, because it's just, it's just sad for me because singing is, a, singing is like breathing. Singing is like breathing. So let's start with the absolute basics. If you're standing in front of a microphone, okay, let's, let's, go, let's go super basics here. Close your eyes with me. If you have got, let's assume you've got a song in front of you, whether it's yours, someone else's, this could be a producer who's now becoming a singer and they want to like, want to think about, okay, cool, I know how to create songs, but how do I record vocals, right? I'd recommend buying a microphone that is semi-decent, and I'd say anything from sort of $100 US, what's that, like 200 Australian, and then like 100 or so pounds, maybe a few, a few more than that, but around the area, you can get yourself something called an NT1A, or you can get yourself even like a Shure SM7. SM7? Wow. The ones you see everywhere, like everywhere, right? I'm holding an SM7B, which is double that price. It's like 250 something like that, right? But you can get an incredible mic for recording vocals from sort of 100 bucks to three or 400 bucks. It really depends on your budget. And of course, you can just record it on your phone, right? That's not out there. But you're standing in front of your song, you're standing in, you're hopefully having a vocal booth. Again, a vocal booth can either be your cupboard. You can get these really beautiful things you can buy ready-made that you put on a stand behind your mic and it just keeps the sound really kind of dead. Um, it prevents any reflections. Again, depending on the quality you want to go for um, and what kind of environment you're in. I've chosen this mic because I'm in a really loud environment around me. But again, you're in front of your mic. Gear sort of addressed. You can either have a vocal booth that you create, you can have a cupboard or you can have kind of one of those little surround things or you can just have a mic like I have and try and get away with it without any of those things. So that's the basics covered in that aspect. And again, before you even start singing, there's a few things to bear in mind. As you can hear right now, I've got <clears throat> a bit of mucuses kind of moving around because I've been exercising. It's morning, it's a cold morning. So, well, for France anyway, there's loads of factors, right? I've just woken up to speak to you. If I was to sing to you, this is a no-no, okay? I've got mucus in my throat, so I'd be drinking a tea that was not with milk, right? I've got milk next to me. There's so many no-nos here. This is a brilliant time to ask me this question, but try and avoid dairy just before you sing. It's wonderful for after, which is kind of funny. You don't need to avoid it completely. People kind of get scared of it. It's really good for kind of encasing your vocal cords in mucus afterwards and um, in the same way that before that, you want to be nice and clean and open. Okay, so you want to have 
not taking something like chocolate tea or mucus producing just before because it can impede your ability to sing accurately, can impede your range. It's kind of like just putting oil on the road, okay? You can get away with it though, don't worry. Some people smoke, right? Also, what have you eaten? I've not eaten this morning. I've come to this recording and you're not hearing any kind of me burping. You're not hearing, um, not only you're not hearing it, right? And stopping you physically recording, but if you are unlucky and you've eaten certain foods, as I love, like spicy food or any food, right? It can come up again and it can sort of, damage your vocal cords slightly it can, it can bubble and burn them so you've got to be careful to not have had certain foods not just before but ryan tedder does an incredible explanation of this like what a demo vocal um requires in terms of what he asks of his demo singers he asks them to not eat spicy food the night before not drink carbonated drinks in the session to come with the song already learned that's a really good point as well before you sing a single thing have you learned the song do you know the song you know, I, I have examples, I won't name, but friends of mine who work at studios with, you know, with kind of prestige and, and a friend was was asked, in fact, paid to turn up and sing this song. And the producer just stopped the session. He said, why do you not know it off by heart? Why have you got vocals? And why have you got kind of lyrics in front of you? And this guy was sent home, essentially. The, the session was ended and you just think that is, that's the standard, right? But that's the professional environment. This is not what we're talking about. This is new singers. But if you can, just take yourself seriously. Even if you're not an incredible singer yet, you know, go to a vocal coach. That's another thing. This is just something I'm probably going to collate into a list later and properly present to you guys because it's such a good question. But like in terms of just breezing through, it's like in terms of gear, have the song ready, want to be prepared, don't drink dairy, don't um, eat something spicy right before or the night before and then sleep on it, don't have carbonated drinks. Um, make sure you've warmed up as well. Warm up before you start taking vocals because very often... I've had this experience many a time when I start, I walk into a studio because I know I've got a few hours of vocals and I just get started. It's like, nah, you want to be warmed up in terms of ready for a show. Because sometimes you'll sing a whole song and at the end of the song, the, the producer will go, right, you're warmed up now, so can you do verse one again? Right, and it's just, it's okay because you're learning the song, but when you're recording vocals, you want to be really efficient with your time because it's a muscle. You don't want to use that without having kind of got anything from it because you want to make progress. You want to feel good and you don't want to take too long doing it because it could be really painful. So a bunch of things, you know, sleeping, you're happy, you've done meditation. It allows you to better access mindfulness, sorry, not meditation, but um, it allows you to better access those kind of emotive aspects of your lyrics or of your song. This is all assuming you've written the song. This whole podcast, you can go back onto that as to how to write the song, get it there. But this is assuming that, you know, you've written the song and you're ready to sing it. So have you learned it? All these things we talked about, which I'll, I'll be making a better presentation of later. Then it comes to actually recording the vocals. And I think there's this aspect of a three-step plan. Again, my opinion, this is a demonstrative vocal, right? But it's even something you're going to release, absolutely go for it. This is how I would approach it in my mind. Do a guide vocal, which is simply you singing it either all the way through or in sections just so you get a feel of how the headphones feel that day, how the mic feels that day, what are your, what are your kind of, um, what signals are you getting back? Just kind of getting into it. So you've got time to, you know, don't go too hard on this, you know, just, just sing gently, kind of wake up that voice. If you haven't warmed up, if you have warmed up, don't burn out and use that voice too much, but just sing through gently, like get a feel for the lyrics, the beat, the BPM. It sounds funny, but all these things can feel different. The same song on a different day can feel different. So just get comfortable like that because we're sensitive beings, all the way through. So you have one vocal, one lead vocal that goes all the way through. Then I would say, take a, take a cheeky break and drink an appropriate singing tea or a bit of water, drink water throughout, but not so much you're burping. Okay. So there's these limits. Um, 
then you want to go for what's called the lead vocal. This is where you're doing that guide vocal again, but you're just performing it. You know, you're turning on that shine. This is, this is the final vocal. This is the central vocal. I'm not going to fully go into all of the aspects of vocal production because that really isn't fair on everyone who's asked a question in other respects. But if this is helpful, please let me know and I'll put together an episode. I think, again, the, the delight for me with this Discord is people ask such intriguing questions and I have to then go think about it even more. This is me feeling out kind of what might be useful to you guys. Then I'll go and make a comprehensive list later. But if we're going for that analogy of guide, lead, BVs done the guide vocal, lead vocal is your kind of solid best take. This might be where you start to do what's called comping, which is where you do multiple takes of the same thing and then pick using your software what was your favourite one. And you want to end at the end of that point where you have one great lead vocal. So you've got guide and lead and then backing vocals. This is where you'd start to look at harmonies. I would also include this where you do what's called an octave. So if my lead vocals up here then i'm gonna have a lead vocal down here you know you're gonna have octaves because it can have this beautiful effect the weekend does it a lot and don't correct me on that pitch please don't the weekend does this a lot whereby you have not only kind of the lead vocal pushing into the well singing the melody that's a very simple way of putting it you have one below sometimes even one above created artificially depending on how you're doing it so having a double vocal can be this beautiful sorry having an octave vocal can be this beautiful way of accentuating your vocals and then as i was talking about just there doubling i mean you've got your guide you've got your, you've got your guide vocal here's the cheeky thing you can often use your guide if it's done well enough as your double for your lead and doubling is some somewhat of like a butch vig nirvana thing if it's done too extremely but having a double vocal is done in all of the songs that you love i promise you it's just a lot subtler it's a different way of doing it so it's having the lead vocal going and then a quieter one that's just so slightly different it makes it feel like a like a 3-4-D vocal just because there's slightly differences and I'm doing my uh, my salt bay now. Like just, I'm seasoning something with my fingers. I know you could you could probably not hear that. That's what I think is really important, having doubling octaves and then harmonies. You know, I won't really talk about harmonies because it's something that's not really my strength. Um, I don't want to lose people in the theory there and then get it wrong. That'd be terrible. But guide, lead, backing vocals. At that point, you often will have a great demo ready to so that is a really, really extensive answer to that question because I think it's such a good one. And I, I promise you, I'll put that together far more coherently and come back to it and give it kind of a list of approaches as I love to do. And the last point I think is how do new singers go about recording vocals, making them sound great? It just made me think of something Pete Kirtley told me, who's your, now become a friend, but you would call him a mentor because the guy's done everything. He's awesome. Um, got some digital releases coming up with him as well which is exciting um he talked about back in the day when he was writing big songs big songs in the uk very often he'd be writing for females right so he's not a female but what pete did is exactly this he would go about recording vocals himself and his tip was cool is like as a as a male vocal if you're recording for a male you want it to be comfortable for you and for them with you know within reason you don't want to still push it give it some drama but he said when you're doing demos for females, very often you need to be in a place where you're quite uncomfortable. It doesn't quite sound right for you because you're pushing it. Then when sung by a woman, it will sound great. It will sound right in her spot. So I don't know why, but I thought about that today because Pete's had this incredible career whereby he's not only recording vocals for people, but he's also recording them for people he doesn't necessarily know, hasn't met. And he's pitching these songs to, to women often as well. So he's got this really good aspect of... It's funny, he's a great singer, right? But as soon as you take someone 
out of their comfort zone. They can become quote unquote bad singers. I don't agree with that, but he would then be to sing as a woman. That's not what he's made for. He's not a good singer as a woman, right? So even these people that have done it for their whole lives, they're very confident. They are kind of taking on this mantle of, okay, I can't do this, but I'm going to try. I'm going to demonstrate. That's what it is, a demonstrative vocal. That's why I go back to that thing. Is it's not about being perfect. It's not about being incredible. It's about getting the idea across, getting the emotion across, showing someone you care, right? It's like someone coming into a room and, and giving a pitch and the words they say are just incredible idea, but they're just sort of saying it's their shoes and they're looking down and it's quite quiet like that. You think, I don't believe this person. Someone comes in and says exactly the same thing or worse. We've seen these people take over companies, right? That's the way it goes. So, how do new singers go about recording vocals, making them sound great? The basics. Last thing, vocal chains. You know, the amount of work and help, the amount of work they can do and help they can give you with a good vocal chain, often all for free as well in terms of plugins, can be stunning. And that is question one. Question deux. Is learning cover songs a good way to learn songwriting? Ah... <sighs> such a big big question okay in in you know in a simple way absolutely it's such a good way to learn about songwriting i guess the only criticism would be that you're not consciously learning about songwriting in so far as you're just playing these incredible songs again i'm assuming you're covering great songs that you love that have been successful that's my recommendation that's how i'm going to answer this question assuming that's what you're doing 100% it's so good, but often you might not know that you're learning this great trick from pre to chorus or like how to structure a lyric, how to structure a melody, but arguably if you're doing it over and over as we do as young people, if you're a young musician, just dive into chords like almost as much as you're writing other people's songs or writing songs for yourself, sorry, for other people. Um, because you're just, you're kind of painting by numbers some of the greatest songs ever written. These people have probably happened across them themselves. They haven't necessarily decided to write this particular technique that we can analyze in the show retrospectively. It's like, no, how do you naturally stoke that subconscious and give it good ideas? I truly believe the subconscious is this incredibly powerful thing, but it's also very, very human, right? You just feed it with things and it will bounce back things that sound like that in the same way that you play incredible songs. I always think of Gary Barlow. He said he used to play a lot in bars. Gary Barlow is, um, take that, I think could be completely wrong there but he's also written for you know robbie williams himself he's written these huge songs he said he used to when he was a kid play in bars all the time just play piano and sing standards and pop songs for people he did that for years right and you can tell he's got this beautiful flow across the keys this beautiful way of performing and he had songwriting imprinted into his subconscious just fed his subconscious like great stuff you can think of it like a diet like what are you feeding yourself therefore the results will be probably what you feed yourself and you'll become what you feed yourself so it's kind of that intrinsic thing and even more simply like you'll become what you digest you know you become the thing that you feed um feed yourself with so same with music in my in my mind because we imprint it emotionally we learn it and even things like again it's probably subconscious and it will come back to you but if you want to be conscious about these things then you need to analyze them and probably write them down and learn them but just how someone structured a lyric where they've contrasted it where they've gone deep where they've gone shallow all these things will go in how they told the story imagining the story you're just practicing yourself you know you're giving yourself that practice through someone else's great work and melodically as well is like at what point am i selling the kind of verse in this really nice little husky small voice and then i'm giving the pre this big bump and then boom launching into this huge chorus and how am i structuring that melody and where are the sections coming in how fast are they what's the bpm what's the speed so 
honestly, learning cover songs is an incredible way to learn songwriting um, with a small, small addition of it being not necessarily conscious. So I'll leave it at that. But yeah, go ahead. Cover songs are amazing. I can just think of so many, like I listen to The Fray, City and Colour, John Mayer, um, all of my favourite bands. And often the songs that need to be covered are really good and they have incredible songwriting um, prestige. Uh, you can look at your, your Taylor Swift as well. There's so many great ones to learn from her. Uh, just overall, there's, there's, there's incredible songs to go and learn. And when it becomes more difficult to sing them, more difficult to learn them, there's credit there. It's worth doing. But just try and think about like how, how can I feed myself a diet of great songwriting? And from there, you'll be, you'll be doing incredibly well, in my mind, my opinion. So here we go. Let's take a breath. I'm going to drink some tea. And you just sit with your thoughts for a moment. wasn't that hot we're on number three question number three questions from discord this is the third one is it self-indulgent to listen to your own songs no i think there's a limit and actually no i'm going to give you an example so there's sorel urelli is someone i've been working with and she's hilarious because she's this wonderful kind of like she's like a, a firestone person you know you meet people that are just different got this wonderful kind of like firecrack of energy like thund thunderclap of energy about them and she's funny because we'll do a session and from the moment we walk out the house you know she'd like be talking all day and she's bared her soul and having a laugh and talking about life and talking about history and stuff like that and and then as soon as she leaves the house she goes jamie i'm sorry what i'm gonna do between now and we get to the tube and then when we say goodbye right i'm gonna say goodbye now because i'm just gonna spin the song and it's really funny, you know, as soon as we leave, I can just like I can chill, I can think about the day, I can walk down the street, we're just there in perfect silence. But she's just kind of bopping along to her tune and go, okay, cool, yeah. She spins it and spins it and spins it and spins it until she's, she's either sick of it. And I understand those tendencies, we've all done that with our favourite songs, but she, I think she's trying to like habituate herself with the song and, and, and live into the song and get it so that she can make a decision on whether she likes it or not. Um earlier because we have this wonderful kind of like afterglow and we write songs you think oh it's amazing and then you listen to it more and more and you think oh there's the gap here there's the gap there but that's where the distance of rewriting comes from so often it can be a kind of accelerated way of getting to the rewriting phase or the way place where you've been it that's okay too um but it's not self-indulgent and i think again i'm noticing something here maybe it's our catholic um forefathers but is it self-indulgent no. How do you go about recording great vocals, like bad singing? Um, these are things that, that, that come through and I don't know if they're always that helpful and I will do my best to get out of it myself, but also maybe when I have questions like this, like, no, it's not negative to listen to your own songs. And I think not only is it Sorel's example of her like spinning it and then by the next day she'll know if she loves it or not, or like in a few weeks she'll listen to it. And she goes, I still love this. This is amazing. You know, she's got that strength of choice, which is a really funny way of doing it. I've not seen that and I won't, I won't say it's the best or the worst. I think it's just an interesting way to do it. Um, but listening to your own songs can be a way to get to the co-writing phase quickly, but even on like smaller ways, you're just listening back and going, Hmm, did I get that vocal right? Did I say it the way I wanted to say it? Have I structured it in the right way? Have I come with that section at the right time? You know, what's the listener's experience? Because really, you're just being smart. You're doing your due diligence and being empathetic. Like, what's the listener experience, right? Um, if you're listening just to kind of get into your own vocal, there's also, like, it's not that bad either, you know? I don't think there's a negative way to listen to your own songs, but um, self-indulgence would imply that, like, you're just, like, bathing in chocolate when you don't need to. You can just have a little chocolate bar. It's like, I don't know if it's that. It's definitely not that far, and... 
there are lots of different ways to do it and i would say that if you're brave enough to listen to your own songs and your own voice all the time like you're going to get better and you're going to become accustomed to it and also i think there's this element i remember jordan lee's had a conversation with him about songwriting and he said that um check out maya maya they're really cool um he said that it can be like concrete songwriting can be like concrete and the longer you leave it the harder it gets to go back and change it so if you can listen to your songs you can kind of soften that concrete and get a better idea and you can sit with your notes and rewrite and go you know timestamp it like 10 seconds in like oh, i could change this and there's a few different ways that that it's really beneficial that i can think of just just like that in the same way that like cover songs you you, you consciously looking listening back to your songs right unconsciously learning covers both of them are doing a good job of kind of analyzing what you've got and giving yourself food with the cover songs and then analyzing listen to your own songs listening to other songs as well that's why we do this on the show um analyzing songs and really understanding what makes them brilliant will help you to have that awareness in your own life <laughs> and your own songs so definitely not self-indulgent there are extremes there are limits to everything but if it's for a functional purpose then hell yeah do a sorrel and just like spin it for two days until you're either sick of it or you love it even more and then you're going to go and release it. So I think that's a really interesting way of doing it. I've not seen that before. Number four, how to record loose vocals, off-the-cuff vocals, be less nervous and be less present, which is in the sense of like less focused and, and, and agitated, like, you know, white-knuckling, holding on, be less present and more spontaneous. This is a really cool question. Like how? Because we talked about how you just go about recording vocals like quite coldly in some senses like what gear you need how you prepare how you can go about doing vocal production some philosophy and, and psychology stuff but this is completely about how you bring the performance to your vocals first of all i'm going to present an idea and, and look at maybe both sides of it but i'd lean towards knowing your song really well I feel like that would allow you to make better choices in terms of ad-libs or like different choices of notes or like maybe adding a word or popping a breath in here. I mean, how do you, how do you know, how do you do something better if you don't know it, right? But there's also the argument that if you don't know it that well, then you're not quite in the concrete as we talked about. You can, you can make these choices vocally that are really cool, but I don't know if it's always that way. You probably want to be really solid first and then develop. So if you want to record a great vocal first, then try and be spontaneous, then try and like build off that. So I would maybe feel a bit anxious like changing things as you're recording them because there's nothing really to anchor yourself on. Um, there's this idea I've been talking and developing is like building a wall is like you need to build it layer by layer, brick by brick and build from that foundation upwards in order to be able to do something creative and interesting by the end of it. So how you record those loose vocals, um, you know, I wouldn't be fully against if you want to take like have a little drink or if people sometimes smoke, I don't really know about that world, but like you can have a drink that can loosen your vocals, but then there's a cost because you might be drying it out early or you might be not having the kind of best health obviously in your life if, if you're doing that too often but it can give an edge to it and I, I don't know if that's a bad thing and it's up to you and sometimes you can have like maybe do a normal take and then like a little one wine take you know all the way through just one 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 bottle of wine one bottle of wine glass of wine i'd recommend not a bottle and see how that affects your vocals like does that make you more off the cuff more loose because you maybe you're holding yourself back you know being so present might be holding yourself back so you could do it in terms of that i can't believe i've suggested that but, but you know what I, you know what i'm trying to say is like becoming looser and, and i would even say like making sure you're warmed up breathing like sitting and breathing sometimes we go into vocal booths it can be like under a spotlight before they even turned on that red light recording and have that kind of red light fever where you just can't do it 
just get used to it. Maybe sit in the sit in the booth for like ten minutes, breathing before you record any vocals. And also something I like to do. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the ADD side of things, but I would often like remove a shirt or definitely hats and stuff. And I make sure my, my headphones are super, super comfortable and feeling good and not hearing anyone else. I mean, people are around you. Like if you can hear people on the talk back, it's, it's hell, it's horrific and you cannot be free and open. So maybe record these vocals on your own. I'm sure there's a bunch of artists that have done that. They just, yeah, I even heard one of, um, one of the guys in me at six and he's recording with George, uh, the guy that did one of our records, which didn't come out. It's certainly very sad. He recorded Josh from Unit 6 just walking around, like singing vocals, like almost like talking, rapping, like splitting stuff out. It was like, it's really cool. That's a good way to do it. That's going to be how you become less nervous. But going back to the idea of like, you know, moving clothing doesn't need to be, um, people used to make jokes. Like, I don't really care. Like I get really good vocals, like take a shirt off, be in shorts, shoes off, socks off, feel really comfortable, turn the lights down, have a candle on. I was just like low light. I don't care. Like I can maybe, if I'm having a, a phone or a computer and I'm reading that's different but like that's the only light I want and I don't really want people in there with me I don't want too much correction um and I think I didn't really understand my ADHD back then I didn't understand ADD and focus in the same way I did so uh, I think I struggled more so but it got really good vocals sometimes and I felt quite free and sometimes collaborating with the right people or a really important thing is you know if you are going to do it on your on your own there's benefits to that like i said you can kind of do it when you want you can have a glass of wine like no one's gonna judge you no one can see you but there there's a lot to be said for a very good vocal producer who's very present and kind and knows how to speak to an artist and get you through um so there's also that aspect of collaboration which might be better and and also give yourself the license like i said if you've got a great vocal say go back in there and just go nuts go wild do weird stuff um, and in, in order to connect with the emotion, you might want to go back and make sure that you're actually singing a song you care about and then go back to the story and find out why you care about it and what can you bring to it. And there are probably aspects of, of theatrical exercises, even just being warmed up, like I said, properly gives you that kind of like malleability of your voice and, and your vocal. And, and again, there's lots of different ways to think about it. And they're kind of often two, two thoughts, like don't know it very well and just go in and walk in and do it or like know it really well and have it practice really well and don't take any wine, you know, things like that. But I'm not, I'm not saying substance is the answer, but in terms of being loose and doing vocals, there's different ways of thinking about it. Right there. Number five. And I think for today, cause I went crazy on that first question. Number five will be the last one. So going to do my best to just make sure that you guys also know about the discord because if you want to join the Discord, these are where the questions are being asked. And obviously, um, I do take a lot of time to answer these questions on the show here. But in the Discord, you've got everyone else's opinions. You've got the instant answer. You've got um, like 20 people who are really interested and caring about you at any one time, ready to answer and think about that. And I've been in a business group for nearly 12 or uh, 14 months and there's only six of us, but it's been life-changing, like utterly life-changing. And we meet up every month and we chat and... That's also the goal for the podcast, but you know, September call is coming up. Um, so you can still jump in and, and put your, put your mind to you when you would like that to be. And I just think it's going to be great. I can't wait to have more and more people in the discord and I appreciate your questions. So if you want to be involved, you can go on Instagram, wish you knew that pod, say hello or my Instagram. You can also shoot us an email. I wish I knew that pod at gmail.com. It's also in the notes down below of this 
Uh, we've also got this new thing as well, because talk about resources inside the Discord, and I've set up these links, because I used to joke when I started the business that I don't have any affiliate links, because the amount of books that I would recommend to people, I even bought some and sent them to people. And the amount of books that people would buy in response to what I found helpful, like the Ralph Murphy's, Writing Better Lyrics, The Go-Giver. If you want to support the show, you can use the links below to buy those books and that would really help us at no extra cost to you so if you're interested in the show and you want to get some great resources because we talk about resources in in the discord we have our kind of place dedicated to that would be beautiful if you wanted to grab anything on amazon in fact um but please grab those resources they're really really cool and that's right down there at the bottom as well and you can also get in touch with us and join the discord so if you've enjoyed these questions, then you can bring your own. If there's something I've missed, something you want to hear more about, then you need to be in the Discord. We need you. We want people that are that way minded. And we do have some wallflowers, which is beautiful. We just come and chill and, and, and absorb and observe. And those people are gorgeous as well. So thank you. Right. The fifth and final question. What are the minimum requirements for a demo? And how good do they need to be in terms of production quality? Very good question. You could say if I wanted to be really cheeky, that there are no requirements for a demo because it's a demonstrative recording. However, I would also disagree with myself. Are you ready for this? Gonna have a tea. I hope your thoughts were kind to you in that, in that break. Demo means demonstrative in my mind, unless I'm completely screwing that up, but that's how I think about it. So what needs to be there? I would argue, because you're trying to demonstrate to a producer what you would like to be there, I would say you probably need some aspect of harmony, whether that's guitar or keyboards. Maybe some drums. would be great. Low quality is absolutely fine. Obviously, you probably want a vocal. I think that's quite obvious, but I'm just going to say you're going to want a vocal there. And maybe it's you've got some like lead vocals and some backing vocals. Amazing, because you're demonstrating that. But at the very basics, I would say drums, Bass, bass either played in synthetically or you play some bass guitar. Drums, bass, harmony, vocals. If you have all those four, I would say it's a demo because someone as a producer or a creative could look at that and go, oh, cool, the strings will go here. Oh, the vocals go here. Oh, I would change this. I'd change that. This is where the structure goes. I've heard some great demos. Um, you can hear them on Emily's help desk. So send in your demos. We'd love to hear them. And when I'm in sessions, people are playing me everything from like iPhone voice notes, which actually Christine Pasek had this incredible song that she sent in to us just as an iPhone voice note. And it was just, it was just a bit just showing off, you know, incredible, so good. And just from her phone. So the production quality was the question. So the question resides around what's the production quality. I would say it just needs to be demonstrative again. Like it just needs to be, there are extremes. If you can't hear it or it's not there, then you're not demonstrating anything. And if you've, but it's so loud, it's destroying everything else. You, you, you're impeding it from, you know, you're impeding everything else from being demonstrated. So I think it's this, this ideal balance of the median would be, okay, I've got some drums, I've got some bass, I've got some accompanying instrument and harmony, and I have my vocal and maybe a couple of ad-libs. But in terms of the quality, like, please don't, don't go crazy. Because you also need to think about who you're sending it to. Because again, there's a scale. If you're doing it for yourself, iPhone Note, perfect. If you're sending it to your friend, your collaborator, whom you trust and you know you love, iPhone Note, absolutely perfect. But as soon as you start to like want to send it to producers who you're going to pay or going to collaborate with, you kind of want to be able to do a bit of the work for them to save yourself some time and money. Um, that's kind of where I come in to the process with a lot of producers. Is I'll come in and coach their clients, push people through their songs in order to make them as as kind of 
cohesive as possible before they go into the production phase. Because um, Julian, whom I adore, Julian Honinger, if you want to check him out, great producer, he essentially employs me to do this because he's like, look, the more I can focus on the production and less I can focus on the songwriting, the better the production will be for them, for me and the whole overall. So he brings me in to make sure I work with people and get their song to a point where it's not distracting to producer and they can then just focus on producing these songs. But in terms of creating a demo, if you're going to start sending it to producers you're working with or people you want to collaborate with, then you want it to be of a middling standard, right? Because you you know they don't need anything crazy from you, but you want to show them you're serious. You want to show them you care. And it really does kind of inject this enthusiasm to, to the process. If you've taken the time to do a great demo, even if you're not good at demoing, even if it's not a great quality demo, if you've put a lot of love into it and it feels alive, boom, I think you've done a great job. And then the final question would be like where Molly and Lakin would be able to answer this better than myself. But you want to send to yeah i mean these days right you, you're practically sending demos which are finished products they just need to be mastered or mixed that's the level i've got to i see uh, ed graves at rainbow word or taka george um at tower yard i mean he's his own he's his own thing he doesn't need that place he's amazing um some of the producers i work with are imad as well they're sending things that are quote-unquote demos that are just at a point where you could practically release it because they're ready for an artist pitch, they're ready for a label pitch, they're ready to be shown to a team to get funding, to get marketing. You know, that, these are where they're kind of higher stakes in that aspect. So being clever with knowing who you're sending it to would dictate the quality at which you need to have your demos. So that would be where I'd say it. So minimum requirements are the kind of max mine four of like rhythm, um, sorry, drums, bass, harmony, vocals. That's the minimum requirements for a demo. And how good they need to be depends on where they're aiming for right you can have all four of those things like a kind of classic like 70s 80s you know you're, you're pressing play and stopping on your cassette in your for the bass and then you're pressing play and stopping adding your drums you know like four track eight track thing where you're just kind of doing it all yourself for really low quality but it's demonstrative which is perfect all the way up to fully produced paid for right you can have full teams creating quote-unquote demos you're demoing to Ariana Grande, you're pitching here, you're demoing to your label. Um, so it really does depend on, on on where it's going. So minimum requirements is the four, and then depends where it's going in order to what quality it needs to be. But if you're just writing, I think the best songwriting demos is just the, you've got your phone open in a room, or you've got a mic in the room, Taylor Swift style, and you're just recording what's happening. And at the end, you just, even in Nashville, you know, like you can just go in, write the song. And then at the end, you just do an iPhone voice note. Everyone does it and they play the song through once. And then and that is the song. Yeah, that's a demo. That could be a demo for Carrie Underwood. And she goes, oh, I love this song. Boom. And there, there's no production quality. It's not even the four elements. It's probably just guitars and vocals. But what it's got in actually in that guitar is um, how the bass would sound is implied from the guitars they're using. They're using guitar and they're using guitar rhythmically to create that drum aspect. And they're using vocals and their storytelling. So it is all there. And that would be what I would say on that. So thank you eternally for your questions because there are no such thing as too simple or quote unquote bad questions because there's always going to be someone who's going to benefit from that. And you've been brave to actually say, I don't know that. I want to know that. And I, I thought, I remember recently that I, I didn't know what, um, even in sport, you know, I played sport a whole my, my whole life. And someone said something, I was like, what does that mean? That would be embarrassing because everyone's listening and watching you. But I was like, good question. What does that mean? 
Um, and the same thing is like you might want to fill little gaps in your understanding. It doesn't mean you're a bad writer. You don't know anything. If only you're going to get better because you're only going to know more. And worst case, you actually already know it. I've explained something you already understand, but you've helped someone you're never going to meet. Or they'll reach out and be like, hey, thanks for the question. Then you start writing with them. Okay. There's so many things to think about when you're asking questions, but none of them should be negative. I, I really appreciate people that ask those kind of quite and quite simple questions because that's what I need to be covering myself as well. I need to be able to answer these um, very cohesively and coherently. So thank you. If you want to join the Discord, then you just reach out to me. Um, and we'd love to have you. These things are happening. We get in the group call together, the first one. and um, It won't be huge, but over time it'll, it'll happen more and more. But, but the beauty is that people have met. Uh, I've introduced people across across the world to each other through the discord and, and it, it goes from there. So that's the point of this, this create a community around the podcast and you can meet people similar to you wherever you are. And hopefully that there's enough of us all over the world now that you might not be too far from the nearest listener and we can all get together and you guys can hang out and change each other's lives. Just like the podcast has changed my life. So thank you very much. If you want to help out the show, affiliate links, if you want to help out yourself, join the discord, if you want to help out yourself, just keep listening and making sure you're applying this and I will be speaking at you because we, we have a bunch more great questions from the Discord to come. I'll finish my tea. This tea's definitely cold now. Much love. Thank you very much. And I'll speak to you soon.